This is Dennis Ramundi and Phil Goldberg. Our guest today, Locke Kelly, uh, uh, studied with Adi Shanti. Uh, very interesting. And uh, I guess, Phil, would you put his brand of teaching uh, and the what he covers in his book under the uh, same umbrella that most of mindfulness meditation uh, and things of that sort uh, come under? I don't know. Um, I think he's got a uh, much more um, expansive view of uh, and, and repertoire than most of the people. Right. Most of the people who do mindfulness just do that. He, he, he incorporates mindfulness, what we think of as mindfulness practice, but he also does a lot of other things. And his spiritual background is quite eclectic. Right. I think he said awareness of awareness is being aware of mindfulness. And again, I think what it all comes back to is that beyond thoughts, beyond feelings, beyond all uh, sensory perceptions, is this field of consciousness or awareness. And, you know, yes. uh, different groups describe it in different ways. But it's a, and then once one is operating from there, one is as if witnessing the different activities uh, that go on in the world. And I'm going to ask you about this from from Vedic tradition. Uh, that that's one stage, and that would be where the self is separate from activity. And uh, I think he would categorize that as non-duality and good feelings and all of that. But in a Vedic a tradition, in the Hindu tradition, uh, does it go beyond? Doesn't it go beyond there, where the the if you go from that separateness, that oneness in yourself, and then you you see or you perceive or you experience that oneness in those things that you are initially separate from? Yeah, um, I, you know, you're you're outlining a model we're both familiar with, right. um, and I think you can find uh, traces of it in in a lot of traditions. It it, it it's quite fascinating, actually. But um, and I think Locke would agree that that sense of I am that, you know, to quote the Upanishads. You know that that I I I am infinite and I am not bound, or as, as Walt Whitman put it, I'm not confined between my hat and my boots. <laughs> and you know that there there's this uh, unchanging eternal awareness uh, that that's the bigger identity, the the truer identity than our egos. That that's often a starting point, and a lot of people. You make the mistake of thinking that just awakening to that reality is is an endpoint. And when we were with uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi back in the day, and uh, other other teachers have pointed out the same thing that 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 could be considered a kind of uh, beginning a, 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 right. a, of, of a new phase of evolution, and that there's more awakening to come. Um, when you could realize you're infinite, you're uh, unbounded, but then what about the rest of the world that you feel separate from? There's the inter the, the ongoing uh, integration of of your uh, unboundedness with the unboundedness of everything else. Mm -hmm. okay, oh, known as unity. Now, do the Buddhists uh, in Buddhist teaching, is the and you would be more familiar with this than me, is the uh, ultimate uh, experience is nirvana, that uh, 
awakening, or is it uh, is it something more like you mentioned in the Upanishads? I am that, thou art that. It's all that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we should get a a, a Buddhist scholar yeah. on. Um, Fine lines of distinction. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, um, even within the Vedic tradition, there'll be people who are, would argue these things. And I think, uh, you know, depending on which Buddhist you talk to and which tradition they come from or who their teachers were, you might get a different point of view. So I, I, I don't want to venture right, um, right. anything um, about, you know, Buddhism, capital B, you know, with that that would necessarily apply to anything. And I, I'm not scholar enough to, to say it. But some people would say that um, most Buddhist teachings, uh, this, this awakening to one's own true nature is the is considered the ultimate. But I, I, I suspect that there are Buddhist traditions where that's simply not the case, that it's not the ultimate. There's more to come. Right. Uh, it was, it's interesting uh, that uh, Locke uh, was at a program at Columbia University uh, in conjunction with the Union Theological Seminary that I think is actually part of Columbia, or it's right there with it, uh, where uh, psychotherapy was, uh, and religion, or theology, uh, spiritual practice, or whatever, what was uh, integrated into that program. And uh, as we mentioned off the air to one another uh, before that, that probably uh, wasn't available until somewhere in the late 70s or 80s. And I wonder if that's still a program that, you know, if somebody goes to these theological uh, seminaries, maybe associated with Columbia or, or Berkeley or, or, or Harvard, if uh, there's that uh, spiritual element that they integrate into those programs that are working in conjunction with psychology departments. Yeah, I wish I, I wish such a program existed when I was dropping out of graduate school. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I went to graduate school in clinical psych, and uh, that's what I, and one of the reasons I, I left after I got my master's degree was, uh, you know, I, I, I was into TM. I, I saw uh, that uh, meditation brought something to people that they really needed. That you know, But then you know, when I got in meditation, I realized, okay, there was a lot of stuff that the psychotherapists were offering that was good too. But at that time, you, it was no, this was the early 70s. There was no putting the, the two together. You're either on one boat or the other boat. But I think that's changed. And, and yeah. I think, like we, we mentioned before, a lot of psychotherapists recommend meditation recommend yoga yeah. recommend uh, all of uh, all of this stuff but back back in the late 60s early 70s these programs didn't exist yeah. or if they yeah. did it was some you know offbeat school yeah. you know yeah. somewhere yeah. you yeah. know that uh, but the the integration of uh, spiritual practice mm -hmm. and um, higher consciousness with uh, psychology really began earlier than that but you know it takes a long time before right. the uh the outliers like you know um, abraham maslow and mm -hmm. and um uh, richard alpert who became ramdas you right. know people like that oh geez. Uh, yeah that's right looking... he, was, he was a psychology professor right that's so right was... I, I remember phil it was like 1971 72 going to the head of the uh, graduate department uh, in psychology and telling them that I wanted to leave for a while to, to become a teacher of meditation. And uh, I might as well have said I was going to Mars, you know, and it was like, <laughs> it was like, and this program was very psychoanalytic. 
And so they really just thought this was a wacko. Uh, you know, they were nice to me, but it was like, I'm sure in the, in the meetings afterwards, they said, Dennis has really lost it. And he's going off into the, into never. I know. But I have a like, similar you know, experience. Yeah. My, my mentor in sociology, uh, you know, because I was politically active and all that, it, he compared me to Billy Graham. He said <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like a lost cause. I was, I was leaving the barricades and letting, you know, the, you know, the, the crazy religious, joining the, the religious nuts. Uh, it's, oh, God. Well, yeah. you know, but like, again, I think uh, we, we, we sacrificed, you know, we, uh, we, we took the insults back then. But I think now <laughs> we paved the way for others. They can go and say the things we said, and uh, people will be nice to them. Uh, we are vindicated. Yeah, we are vindicated. So it was power uh, to the people. Yeah. We <laughs> and, and actually, there's probably, if you look hard enough, there's probably programs. I think there are I'm sure, uh, that are, you know, where uh, meditation, uh, practices of spirituality, uh, you know, non duality and all are at, in the, at the forefront. Uh, yep. of those programs. Those programs are built around that. So, uh, and, and I think ultimately, look, th this, uh, you, 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 you need both. Uh, people need to develop inwardly, uh, yeah, which is what meditation brings, and then people also need practical tools for dealing with life, uh, which is a lot of what psychotherapy does. And, and I think that uh, hopefully we're at that point and it, it'll, it'll go from here. You know, we, I used to take these classes, you took courses when you studied psychology and the theories of personality. And it went, you know, from Freud to Jung to Maslow and all. But I don't know if in the last 40 years, I don't know if there are other uh, uh, folks uh, of the that are considered of the caliber of a Freud or a Jung or a Maslow who have taken it the next step. I really haven't stayed current. But, but, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know that maybe, you know, history will single some of them out. But I think... You know, in the early days of this uh, integration of psychology and spirituality, it was the outliers, mostly in the right. in the Bay Area, and the very early uh, rigorous programs that developed are still going. You know, right. California Institute of Integral Studies, mm -hmm. uh, Sophia, which used to be the Institute for Transpersonal Psychology. Those were the the groundbreakers back in, you know, 40 years ago. But when something works, you know, other people pick it up. And so, right. you know, people learned from them and, and they started to integrate uh, spiritual practices, uh, probably on the basis of all the research that right. was done. Yeah, and those people were brilliant and also bold because you really had to go against the grain. And uh, once you step too far in an eastern direction, uh, you, you were poo-pooed. Uh, by your department usually, and uh, you know you were considered an an outlier. Uh, and and again, I, I recommend people in your book, Phil, uh, 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 American Veda. I mean, you get into that the influence yeah. of of Eastern thought, uh, Vedic thought in the West, and and uh, things we take for granted now. You know, if I say yeah. karma to anybody, they pretty much know what I'm talking about. If I say meditation, they have some idea. If I talk about yoga, they have some sense. They might not completely. You know, have a deep understanding of it, but at least you can use those terms, and and people and they're uh, you're accepted uh, as a uh, as not somebody for, from another dimension. Whereas man, in the seventies, early seventies, that was not the case. Oh God, no, no, we were swimming upstream in those days. But 
it's it's a big part of the integration of not just um, Vedic teachings or yogic teachings or Buddhist teachings in general, but but of a, a kind of universal sense of what spiritual development is that applies uh, to all uh, people across the board. And it's that kind of universality that took these the awareness of this out of the what could be considered religious, uh, which is one of the obstacles that was, people were facing back in the day. It's something like this would seem, oh, you're bringing Hinduism in, you're bringing Buddhism in. But once these teachings and practices became understood as, as universal uh, and non-threatening to either religion or secularity, or secularism, I should say, uh, then they could be uh, integrated into cur curricular schools. Mm -hmm. so the, the, uh, and who, who knows uh, what the future holds? Uh, I think, uh, you know, society is becoming more open and, and this movement of people that are spiritual, non-religious uh, will continue. And then I think that uh, spirituality, as, as we understand it, is uh, creeping into religion more and more. So I don't yeah. think it'll necessarily even be a, a separation there. Well, uh, very, very good guest, Locke Kelly, uh, 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 bright fellow, and uh, look forward to speaking with him again. Okay, me too. All the best. See you next right. time. Next time.